What's up, friends? Welcome back to the Dark Waters. I'm your host, Josh. It's uh, Thursday evening. Uh, I know I just put an episode out yesterday, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and put this one out. Uh, do some, uh, some pretty good recordings this week, so uh, just want to get these episodes out to you guys uh, so I can start getting ready for the uh, for next week's episodes. But anyways, get over it. So what? It's out early. But uh, anyways, uh, not much going on here, guys. Had to get some weird surgery done. I don't want to give you too much information because it's one of those weird surgeries. Some of you guys probably get the point. Um, whatever. Some of you guys already know. But anyways, yeah, weird surgery. So I uh, didn't really get to go fishing this week. Going to try to go again on um, Saturday against doctor's advisement. But we'll see how I feel. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm ready to get back on the water. Uh, the air temps has cooled down some, but uh, – Whatever, I'm ready to get out there, uh, get after it. So, uh, have to decide where I'm going to go. Uh, I do want to start going to Cayuga so I can start figuring some things out there. I know it's way early, but uh, you know we got that uh, elite kayak fishing tournament going on there, and I, I, I want to make sure Jason Gardner goes home with his feelings hurt. I want to make sure Kim Wood is upset because he got beat by that idiot from the Dark Waters podcast. You know what I mean? So, uh, gotta start figuring that out. Also, gotta get ready for tonight at Lake. I got my first. Uh, tournament directing job also going to be competing with uh you know the slate nation series that i'm running on oneida lake uh april 24th we're doing um hanoi lake with uh new york kbf uh the great organization a great cause it's it's a charity event but there's also a thousand dollars to uh first place winner so i want a thousand dollars i could use a thousand dollars so uh that's kind of what i got coming up and what i gotta start preparing for uh, but yeah, man, you guys all know my season is just about to kick off and, uh, dude, I'm excited. I mean, like just, I mean, I'm looking down the road, you know, Lake Champlain with Hobie. Uh, I'm going out to, uh, the Mississippi river, La Crosse. uh, just a whole bunch of cool shit down the road for me. So, uh, I'm ready, man. Uh, but let me know what's going on in your guys' life. Uh, tag me some pictures. I know some of you guys are down at Darnell getting ready to crush it. Uh, I, th- I might be having like Matt Scott and, uh, um, Cody Milton on the show next week. Uh, not only talk about what they did in Texas this past weekend, but also hopefully to see what they did at uh, Darnell this weekend. So uh, a lot of good events going. I think Greg Blanchard's coming on Sunday. Pretty goddamn excited about that. I uh, hadn't talked to him in probably a year. Um, and so a lot, a lot to talk about with that guy. Uh, mainly see if he's coming back to New York anytime soon because I like to take some of his money too. But, uh, you know, whatever, guys. Uh, but, yeah, let me know what's going on. Tag me some pictures. Um, message me. Reach out to me. Let me know what's going on. Let me know what you guys think about the show. Uh, some of you dickheads haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel. You need to fix that. Uh, that's what bros, that's what friends do. They subscribe to each other's YouTube channels. So go do that. Uh, I got a Patreon up. If you guys want to support the podcast, it's like five dollars or whatever, like a membership. I'm still learning Patreon, but uh, if you want to help out, uh, that money does go back to the podcast. You know, better microphones, uh, better software. Uh, pay off somebody's credit card. Just kidding. But yeah, it, it goes to the show. Um, you know, just it helps out. So uh, got a few people who's already uh, joined up on the Patreon. I appreciate it. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll the show will go on. I promise. Um, but yeah, uh, that's about it, man. If you guys want to leave some shitty reviews on Apple, just make sure you leave me five stars. Uh, say what the hell you want to say. Um, going to be doing a giveaway soon. I'll be giving away a sticks rod here pretty soon. So make sure you look out for that. Uh, I just talked to him today. They gave me the okay. Uh, it's going to be the uh, number five surface rod, one of my favorite rods. Uh, I use it for uh, top water, my weight baits. Uh, I like to use it with a chatter bait because I, I, I fish a chatter bait in a lot of grass, so uh, it's just a it's a little tougher um, tougher rod than what most people use. But you know that's kind of like how I like to do it. But uh, whatever, great rod. Uh, I love sticks. Uh, you know, make sure you guys check them out. Uh, they make six complete rods to cover you know cover all your need a complete set that covers all your needs, uh, techniques and lures. 
Um, they start from uh, finesse, like a number one, uh, number two, a little bit more bulkier. Uh, you know, they got two. They got two pretty much spinning rods. They got f- uh, four bait casting rods. Sorry for finesse going all the way to the heavy. Uh, you know, I mean, just great rods. And like, I, I think about six or seven rods, but I always have all six of those with me. Uh, I might take an extra one route with me just so I don't have to change lines or uh, reels. But uh, dude, it's, it's it's it makes it makes fishing easier for guys like me. Like I don't put a lot of thought into uh, a four hundred dollar specific rod for something. Like I can do whatever I need with these rods. So if you're someone like me, you want to keep fishing simple, uh, especially when you're on those kayaks and, and 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 being organized and having you know room is an issue. Uh, check them out. Use discount code Dark Waters. Get yourself a discount. Uh, get the complete set for I think five hundred. So you get six rods for five hundred dollars. Uh, plus that discount will help a little bit. Um, or just buy them individually, but uh, yeah, man, just just check them out. See if they got anything you like. Exxon uh, lures, it's the best plastics in the business, the best colors. Like, I, I love them. Um, I, I've been using the Deception Word on the uh, the Wacky Rig lately, and uh, they seem to they seem to really like that. So uh, check them out. Use capital or discount code uh, capital D capital W fifteen. And then last but not least, Rogue Fishing Company. Uh, I'm excited to not lose my shit this year. Uh, I can't say it enough. There's a cell phone somewhere on Payne Lake uh, at the bottom. It's going to be there forever because I didn't use my uh, my phone tether. So uh, check them out. Don't lose your shit. They got a lot of great gear. Got some pretty nice T-shirts and some things like that. But uh, use uh, capital code uh, Darkwaters and uh, don't lose your shit. But uh, that's it, guys. Uh, my next guest, uh, Jack Dice, dude. A young guy. I think he's 21 years old. Uh, already starting to make his uh, impact in the industry. Uh, competitive angler. He's fishing in the, I think it's called the MLV Big Five, whatever. It's a, it's a, it's it's, it's a, a smaller circuit, but it's it's one of those, I guess, feeder starter circuits. But uh, dude, he wants to do it. He wants to uh, get up there and fish with the best in the world, and you know, and, and test his metal with so, you know with those people. So, uh, dude, make sure you check him out, dude. He's been on YouTube forever. Obsessive fishing, I think it's fisherman. I think it's what it's called. But uh, the guy, the guy's intelligent. He's a great angler. Uh, in this episode, we just kind of talk about you know. He's unique because he's very young and he's just getting into it. Um, you know, like the, the whatever the starting steps or whatever. But like he's he's close, man. Like I mean, it's it's I can't wait to see how this guy does. But yeah, man, check him out. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. It's a different one. He's not a kayak angler, but uh, whatever. It's 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 a great conversation. Um, and I, I enjoyed having him on the show. Also, he's a fellow sticks uh, fishing. He's on the team sticks fishing. Uh, wish we would talk more about that. I'm sorry, but uh. Anyways, guys, it was a great conversation. Make sure you check them out. Hope you guys enjoy the episode. Uh, good luck to everyone at Darnell. Uh, safe travels. Be safe. Have tons of fun. Uh, but that's it for me, guys. I'll talk to you guys again soon. Ciao. All right, Jack. Thanks for coming on the show, man. I really do appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm super glad to be on. Oh, cool, man. Well, uh, we, we have a mutual friend, uh, Travis Morin, uh, at Sticks Fishing. Well, a bunch of different things, but uh, he told me about you. Said, you know, said you're someone to keep an eye on. So I'm like, well, I'll just bring him on the show and uh, get to know him a little bit. Well, I appreciate to get to know any other fish heads. I'm obviously huge into fishing, so I love getting the chance to know people, get to know people like you. And obviously, it's cool to know Travis. Travis is a he gets around, so yeah. <laughs> he knows a lot of people. 
Well, I tried to describe him. I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know if I'd really know who he is. Like, he has so many different hats that he wears, uh, you know, and you know, I'm wearing one of his hats now. So it's just like, uh, it, it, it's a great guy, but yeah, he, he knows people within the, you know, the, uh, the industry and the community. So, um, I know good mutual friend to have, uh, but, uh, man, let's, uh, let's get to know you some Jack, uh, you're a young guy, got a lot of big things coming up in your future. Uh, why don't you go ahead and just kind of introduce yourself, kind of who you are, what you do, uh, not just the fishing stuff. Cause we already know you fish. That's why you're on the show. Uh, you know, just, yeah. just you know, introduce yourself, buddy. Well, uh, my name is Jack Dice. I am 21 years old. I live in Lynchburg, Virginia, and uh, obviously I love to fish. But the thing that I'm really into the tournament scene, it's one of the things I really love to do. Um, So I started fishing. It's kind of interesting for me is that one of the things is a lot of people I get to know, at least that I've gotten to know through fishing, that they had someone in their life that was really influential in getting them into the sport. And I didn't really have that. Um, My parents don't fish. No one in my family really fishes. So it was kind of like a weird thing to come about it. So I, I, I just, we had a family house on a lake near me and there's, there's a few fishing poles there. And one day I hooked uh, a catfish, which was something other than a bluegill. And it was something that pulled back. And it was like, it was amazing how it was like, I was thinking I was like 11 years old. I caught that and it was like light switch. Like instantly I was like, I have to do this all the time. It was that addiction of just feeling that and having something pull back against It's crazy. It's the thing that we all get into. Um, so that, that really kicked me off. And so actually really YouTube fishing podcasts, reading Bassmaster magazine, those were the things watching videos online, particularly YouTube was the thing that really actually propelled me in fishing and got me to learning more and more and getting more into it, more and more into it. And so I've been a competitor. I'm, I love competition. I'm a competitive type of person. So when I found out you could compete in fishing, it was like, I love to compete. I love to fish. You can do both. <laughs> I was like, this is a match made in heaven. I got to do it. So as, as I've grown older, I've gotten the chance to fish in some tournaments. And so that's really what I'm, I'm pursuing. I'm fishing in the BFLs at the local level. And then I'm, I'm in college right now. I attend Liberty University, which is right here, local. And so that gives me the chance to stay at home and fish a lot and get to fish in the college scene, which gives me the opportunity to tra- travel all over and see new bodies of water. Cool, man. Well, how'd you, uh, like, let's talk about you cutting your teeth in fishing, man, like getting into tournaments. Um, it's just I found it interesting, like the younger guys these days. And not that I'm super old, but uh, <laughs> I'm old, but I'm like I'm newer. I'm young in the fishing, you know what I mean. So it's yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I, I don't remember there being like you know college fishing teams. I don't remember, you know, like to me, like it, fishing was just fishing. It's just something you did with your dad, your grandpa probably took you to go fish some, you know, using worms to go fish for brent or whatever, you know. But uh, you know, the competitive fishing for like, young guys just seems like a new thing to me. And I'm, I'm really curious, like you know, how you like really like, cut your teeth, got into it, and like and kind of got where you're at now. Um, so it's kind of interesting. So when I, obviously when I, when I got in really into fishing, the, um, again, I didn't have anybody in my life who was really teaching me. So I went to, you know, the internet and to TV and the, a lot of the fishing shows that are on are competitive shows. I saw the Bassmasters. I saw the elite series shows. I saw at the time, the FLW tour events on TV. I saw ultimate match fishing. And so I got to watch those guys compete. So obviously in the back of my mind, I'm like, that's something I wanted to do. So I follow follow the, tr- the trails and, and follow the tournaments online. Um, but from there, as far as me getting into it, I didn't really ha- have any plans or again, I didn't. So like, I think that was the hardest thing was like, when I started following it at age like 12, 13, when I started following the tournaments a lot, 
college fishing actually then wasn't that big either. College fishing wasn't still wasn't a very big thing. High school fishing wasn't really a thing. Um, there were, there are junior clubs around and I tried to get into those, but it was just very convoluted and hard and it wasn't a very big deal. So it was, it was actually really hard to get into. So I got started fishing really, um, actually one of the things that really propelled me and got me going was here. I live here in Lynchburg. There's a guy here locally named David Dudley. Um, and he fishes professionally. So, and, and that? yeah, <laughs> this is guy I just name dropping for you. But anyway, I got to meet him and he had a fishing camp for kids. And so I just obviously wanted to meet him. And it was funny. I, I showed up to the, the first day of camp and like, I see him and I'm like shaking really, really bad. Like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's David Dudley. Yeah. And then I brought all, I got my, you know, my bass rods and I'm ready. And I walk up, he's got a pond at his place and that's where we're going to fish for the week. And I walk up and he's like, Oh wow, you got bass fishing stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. He's like, there aren't any bass in here. And I was like, are you kidding me? I came here to show off bass fishing skills and there's no bass in the pond. But at the end of the week, uh, you, apparently he, I, I just, I blabbed a lot, you know, t- talking about fishing all the time. And I guess he thought, huh, you seem like I evidently had a knack for it, he thought. So he, he took me under his wing and kind of, he kind of got me into it and kind of showed me some of the ropes. And so then late when I turned 16, I fished some of the Bassmaster Opens as a co-angler with where I got to practice with him. And I got, a, that's where I learned a ton was obviously being in the boat with this amazing fisherman and then getting my first chance to compete without having to own my own boat. Right. Um, was just an opportunity to just get my feet wet and try it. So that's so, where I started. What, what about like when you actually started fishing, were you just a bank fishman? Did, were you able to get a hold of a, a John boat or anything like that? Like how, like, how did you actually like the early days of you fishing before, you know, meeting meeting the dude and everything like that like what were you doing like how are you like kind of like honing your skills man well even when i met him i still i I mean i started like pretty much everyone else i followed the progression i started on the bank so like at that pond he eventually started stocking bass in it um not long after i attended his camp and i would my mom would drop me off there at like six in the morning and i'd have to convince her to get to get up and let come on mom there's an early morning bite they're gonna chew a top water i gotta get there and then she'd come pick me up at like at dark at like nine o'clock at night in the summer. So I'd just walk lap this bank. So that's how I started. Was I started fishing the bank, and um, from there, um, fished. I fished in a kayak a little bit. Uh, we had a little dinky kayak that was a very cheap, but it was it's something to get me off the bank and get to you know fish more water, and that was really cool. And then from there, me and my buddy, a friend of mine, we invested our we invested some really big money when I was like, I think 15, 14, 15. And we, we split a John boat and it was like 200 bucks. And I thought that was like, Oh my gosh, that's a <laughs> lot of money to be dropping on a boat. Right. And so that, that's how we started fished a lot of little local trolling motor only lakes with that. And then when I started competing and I did, I did fairly well as a co-angler, my parents said, well, okay, you're invested. So they've, they've actually bought a, a really old beat up boat. That was actually David Dudley's father's boat. And he, he sold it for me to me for a really cheap price. And that's how I got started fishing as a boat. So I just worked my way up, start from the bank. And then with a lot of help from people around me, was able to work up to fishing out of a boat now. Nice. And how long have you been doing your, uh, your YouTube channel? I checked it out just a little bit. So I think I started that when I was, I think 14. So that's when I really started doing it. And that back the, again, back in the day, there was not a lot of people doing right. it. So it was, it was, but that was, but again, this is where I learned to do it. So, I really wanted to do it. Now my mom was a little hesitant. She was a little scared of like the internet and like, are people going to watch the videos and come kidnap my son? So she's (laughs) like, don't show the lake. Don't talk about the lake. Don't give your real name, that kind of stuff. So 
But eventually I convinced her, I'm like, mom, it's okay. Look at all these other kids doing it. So eventually convinced her and I was able to do that. And that was a, that was a really cool way that I got to meet. That's how I got to meet Travis for the first time was through what he was working with Lucky Tackle Box and they saw my videos. And it was, that was again, a great opportunity. It's really cool to meet and connect with people through that. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the way to do it now. You know, I just, I mean, I, I say a new age cause it's not that new anymore, but like, I mean, it's, it's possible to meet people now. I mean, great. Like just doing the podcast, like some of the people I've had the chance to talk to, just like, did I really just talk to Bradley Hallman about fishing, you know, on the podcast? Like, like, geez, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's great. It's great. It's great to see like how technology, you know, it's like putting, putting the right people and, and like, and like building opportunities, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's like, it's like, there's obviously pros and cons to everything, but that is certainly something I'm like, I would not be where I'm at even close if it weren't able to connect with people that, and meet people that I've never would have ever met in real life on, in person online, people from all over the country. But this one thing fishing, we can all connect on and talk about. It's really cool. All right. So where, where exactly are you right now with your fishing? I know you said you're doing a, a local trail series. I've seen you know, the, the MLB and, and things like that. Like where, where are you right now with all that? I know you're also a college kid. So you know, education comes first or whatever your beliefs are. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can go different ways on that. Um, for my, throughout my family, they're like, you should probably, you should probably get an education. And I think there's, it's, it's one of those things where it's, there's plenty of people who don't do it. And I think you can obviously move forward and try to, and make a career in fishing without having it a degree. And there's plenty of people who say, Hey, if you, if you have the ability to, you should. So that's really where I'm at. So that doing that means that I'm obviously spending my time focusing mostly on school, but obviously I want to compete and I want to fish as much as I can. So I'm yeah. trying to like, okay, now do the schoolwork, but I really want to focus on this. So the mo main thing I do is, you know, um, what was F FLW used to have the BFLs and that's a local trail. And that gives, they have a re you know, five tournaments in a division. You go to the regional championship and that gives you the opportunity to make the all American, which is a nat nationally televised tournament. And then you can go from there to at the time, the force would cut. Now, of course, now it's all bought out by MLF, but it's, so it's still the same format. So it's a chance to fish local tournaments and compete against like a lot of guys who have skill and talent in the area. So it's, it's a good crop of anglers that gives you a good chance to really hone your skills and, and see how you stack up. And then also, if you do well enough, it gives you opportunities to advance and get exposure that other local smaller trails might not give you. And honestly, it was just one of the easiest ones to get into. All you had to do was sign up online and just put your entry fee in and go. And that was that was what made it super easy to start with that. And when you say local, do you mean like state or regional? Like that's all regional, right? It's mostly yeah. So it's most divisions are within about a state. So I fish right. uh, division. One of the divisions I started fishing was the Shenandoah. So they fish. Um, Kerr Reservoir, which is on the North Carolina, Virginia border, Smith Mountain, which is my home lake here in central Virginia. And then there's James River and the Potomac River. So those are the four fisheries that they go to. And that's all within, you know, about four hours. So it's that's about the size within about four hours driving is usually the size of a division. But the championships that you qualify for are for a region. So I'll travel to Lake Lanier. I've been to um, I've been several different places. I've been I've been some of them are here. To places like Tennessee, Florida to, to compete in these regionals. So that gives you a chance to also fish against even a bigger batch of anglers and get to see new fisheries, which is what I really love to do is get the chance to fish new places. Well, how long have you been fishing like this, like this kind of competitiveness? So I started fishing in the BFLs as a boater when I was, so I started in 17. So I, 
when I was 16 is when I fished as a co-angler and I did that for about two years fishing the opens. I fished the Northern division. So we went to, we went to Oneida, we went to Champlain, which I know you got, you're around there. And yeah, yeah. That was, I loved going there. So that's one of my biggest, that's one of my biggest like disappointments, not fishing the opens anymore is I don't get to go to New York. As let, me, much. Let, me, let me ask you like, what, what did you personally think? Cause I live on Oneida. Like well, I'm, I'm like five minutes away from Oneida, like uh, the North, uh, whatever, uh, the North, uh, Western side of it. Like, what, what did you think of Oneida? Because I, I do a lot of people tell me they hate that lake. I'm like, why do you guys hate this lake? I mean, maybe I'm just biased because it's the closest one to me. It's like any day I can just wake up and go fish Oneida. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun fishery. It's not the biggest lake, but it's got like the uh, – it's got the grass and then it's got the deep – I mean, smallmouth, largemouth. Like, what, what, were you, what was your opinion on Oneida? Uh, my opinion on Oneida was I loved it. I mean, it pretty much – I don't know if I was just biased. I was just told when I went to New York that, hey, there's going to be – you're going to catch a bass every cast. <laughs> it's like the impression I got. So I don't know if that confidence, like, just gives you this false impression that, that you're going to catch one on every cast and, therefore, you actually fish like you're going to. I don't know if that, like, translates to you getting more bites, but I loved it. I mean, just the fact that you can go out and catch – smallmouth and largemouth down here we don't really have a lot of grass fishery so getting to do that and it just seems like there's just a lot of bites even if it's always sometimes it's not even bass it's just little sometimes it's pike sometimes it's small fish but it just seems like you're catching num you're getting numbers of bites in the north no matter what you're yeah. doing and i think the best way i saw it described is that a lot of those northern lakes at least when i fished them if it looks like it should have a bass there there's probably a bass there. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's that it's like, there shouldn't be a question. If that point has some nice grass on it, you're like, man, that looks good. He's there. Yeah. <laughs> and usually he's willing to bite. Yeah. Well, yeah, like I said, it's, it's just, it's, it's my home wake. So it's like, I, you know, I got, it's got a special place in my heart. Like people, they kind of complain about it. I'm like, I don't know. It's just, I, I catch fish there and I, I know the big leagues sometimes come here and play. So it's got, it's gotta be something about it. Yeah, I don't know. So, uh, who, what are people? What do people complain about? I guess I haven't really heard from where I'm at. People it's, complain. Well, it's a very, it's a very because the way it's set up, you know, an east, an east wind or a west wind can make that like that lake just horrible. <laughs> yeah, I, I was out there. I was out there the other day picking on them, uh, and like you know, I got cut out there in an the eastern wind. I'm like, man, this sucks. And I had to force myself to go out there. Uh, you know, come on a kayak too, so I don't have like you know some of those advantages that the big boat has. So I had to go mm -hmm. out there, you know, suck it up, and I got I got pushed around a lot. So that might be some of the reasons. The other reasons, I don't know. It's um, it's a very temperamental lake, you know. Like obviously, right now it's fire with the uh, the pre-spawn coming up. Uh, the spawn will come up probably like later in May, sometime. Uh, it's, just, it's getting good, but like as soon as like uh, summer comes on, it might be the pressure, and it might just be like people don't like fishing the grass. That like, cause it, I don't know if you've, you've been there, so it's a lot of grass over there. In that that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I don't know. I think it still has to do a lot of pressure because it's a, it is a popular lake. And come like July, you know, like that, the lake's beat up. It's already had tournaments on it. Uh, the, the recreational anglers have been beating it up. It, it, it's just one of those lakes that, you know, it, it gets a lot of uh, pressure. So that might be it. I don't know. It's just, you know, we're so spoiled up here where I'm at because we got KUGO over here. We got the, the, the St. Lawrence River north. Yeah. Got, oh my we got, gosh. Like, we got Lake Champlain to the east and Lake George to the east. I mean, we just got so many like good places up here. I guess people can be like, you're kind of picky and choosy of which what lakes are going to like. That's so. <laughs> fisherman. There's always grass is always greener. That lake's always better. They're always biting better the next place over always. Yeah. So. so going back to, uh, you know, like this regional thing, um, well, just like in general, like what's been like the biggest, like, cause you're getting into like these like lower, um, uh, whatever parts, you know, I don't know what, what your plan is. If you, if you want to go like all the way when, you know, when college is over or whatever, uh, you know, what's been like, what do you think of the industry? Like, or as far as like the, the just the fishing side, uh, like, like, like the traveling, uh, the prepping, 
you know, the competition, like, and all those things. Like, what, what was been your, like, your thoughts of it so far? Is it like a, is it just fishing, or is there a lot like like the, the work part of it? Like the, uh, there's got there's got you know, any kind of competition. Like, it's not all fun and games. You know what I mean? There's a part of it where it's mm-hmm. like the planning, the logistics, like all that. Th- you know, like, what would be like some like like the, the learning curves on like that part of it? Um, I mean, obviously, like with anything you do, like it's one of those things where. I guess when you tell people, it's like, oh yeah, I fish competitions. It's, or at least I, I, you know, talking to the guys who fish for, who have had the chance to fish for a living, obviously, obviously that's the dream. That's the goal. So that's what I'd love to do is I'd love to be a competitive tournament angler, love to fish at the the professional level, whether it be at MLF or bass. I just would love to be able to catch bass for a living because that's, I mean, like, how is that not the best job ever? But also like any, like, I think anything in life, like if you do it, there's always going to be bad days and hard parts of anything. Like, especially, especially if you're pursuing something at the highest level, it's not just going to be all like, if you want to push past other people, you're going to have to push past the parts that end up being difficult. And a lot of that is what you kind of reference is this, the, the long lots, the hours and hours in a car, the hours and hours studying maps, the hours and hours of fishing lakes you've never been to and not catching every anything. <laughs> and you're like, this sucks. And it's, you know, it's sleeting, you're freezing cold, you're shaking, the the boat's breaking down, things aren't working out. And you're like, man, this sucks. And so you have to push through those. So as far as, as far as that goes, it's like, you hate to complain on those days because it's like, well, of course it's fishing, but also anything can be work. If you do it long enough, there's going to be bad days, but the good days, you know, at least for me have outweighed those. And that's, that's when you put it together, when the thing, when it comes together in a tournament, when you get the chance, when you just, just getting the chance to see these beautiful places, like getting to go to New York for the first time for me was one of those, like, wow, this is amazing. It's just the opportunities that fishing has allowed me. has been really cool. Um, but the work, as far as like understanding the industry, um, I think what is, what is interesting about the fishing industry to me. And what, one of the things I like about it is that it, it is pretty small. It's actually, you realize like how you start talking to people on Instagram and, and things like that, or getting to know some of these people, you were like, it's such a small world. Like how many people like, yeah, I know you know you, it's not actually that big, which is kind of cool. You get to know people, but also I think sometimes that's, that is disappointing going into it is like, it's because it's so small. That's a small pie to try to take a piece of. It's not, it's not easy to do. It's it doesn't matter whether you want to be a fishing YouTuber, or if you want to do just podcasts or be a media person or be a professional competitive angler, no matter what it is, the world of fishing is not, the pie is not that big. And so you really have to, you really have to work hard. And that's where, um, doing more than just, especially in the day of social media, you can't just, just fish. It's very, it's almost impossible. You have to prove yourself valuable to companies in other ways other than just being on the water. And that's through, through YouTube. That's a big, obviously you see how many professional anglers all of a sudden, Hey, check out my new YouTube channel every week. There's two new so channels. Some, some guy in his fifties with a great beer. Like, Oh, I finally got on YouTube. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've never had to do it before. Uh-huh. It's just like every week. It's like, Oh yeah. 10 new channels to subscribe to with videos every week. It's like, it is a little, that's part is a little discouraging to me, at least. It's like, man, this used to be something kind of small and like, wow, something that set me apart is different. And now it's like, well, everybody's got it. Everybody's got to do it. So that part's a little discouraging, but if you enjoy it, then it makes it worth it. So I still enjoy it. 
for what well, it is. Well, it's something you want to pursue. Like this is like you know, you're like one of the perfect people to talk to because you, you are so young and you, and you got so much time ahead of you and and you're also like you're you're part of like you are part of a technology you know driven generation. You know what I mean? Like I'm not saying like I know you're. It wasn't all around like when you were growing up, but a lot of it was around when you were a kid, you know, learning, like learning how to do a YouTube channel when you're 16 compared to like learning how to do it when you're 38, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. You know, like it's um, like the, the fishing, like to me, the fishing industry is kind of weird. Cause like, you got two sides. You got the pro anglers who are out there, you know, cash, you know, cashing tournament checks and um, you know, whatever doing their thing. And then you got the, uh, the content creators, the YouTubers, the podcasters, um, the, the, you know, people that are, that are they, they, they got their niche through like, you know, content, you know, and uh, it's, it's just, I think it kind of changed the way things are because, you know, sponsors and, and people are looking at, well, this person has, you know, a million followers on Instagram and this person only has, you know, 1600 followers on, on Instagram. You know what I mean? It's like, who do we invest in? Uh, you know, what about like some of the things that you think about, like, like getting into this, like, because you're right. You said it earlier, it's not about the fishing, uh, just the fishing anymore. You know, like, you got to do other things. Is, is there a part of you that, like, like it really has to set up, you know, as you're in college and you're, and you're thinking about your future, like really like how you want to approach it, because there's only like two people, like two anglers I see the, that are really doing it right. That are like, you know, crushing the YouTube world and cashing checks, you know, like Brandon and some of those guys, like, like what are the things that you look at? Like, like it's not about fishing. Like what do you really want to invest in as far as like, like growing in the sport? I know you already got the YouTube channel, but it's like, it's, it's a different industry now. Like, I mean, it's a, uh, I don't even know where it's going to be in the next five, you know, 10 years. Like as far as like, what does a person have to do to, to be a success, you know, what I mean by successful, I'm only talking about like monetary value, like really making a living off fishing, really like making a career off the, just the fishing part of it. Uh, like, it's it's got to be like a tough thing to think. Cause it's like, it's, it's like, it's almost like, well, I could just go build content. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know, to go mm -hmm. and because when you look at like, when I look at like, you know, just me myself, like uh, I'm on a smaller scale, I'm a kayak angler. I compete in the kayak world. It's nowhere near as big as what is going on on the, on the big boat world. But still, at the same time, it's like gas money. Uh, you know, you got to look for a place to stay. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then I got to try to win, and I never win. <laughs> like, like, like fishing. Yeah. Fishing is the most losing sport. It's I've ever. Losing sport ever. I try yeah, to explain so, to people like you always. All you do is lose. lose. All you, the all best you, anglers in the world. All they do is lose. lose. It's really disheartening when you when like I was talking to someone about it. It was Bradley Hall. He's like, you how many how many big tournaments has uh, Gerald Swindle won? I'm like I'm like I'm trying to think. I'm like can't think of it. He's like yeah, he ain't won none. But he said he's a very successful guy in the fishing world because of the things he does. And so just you know, going into that, it's like, how do you look at it? I mean, it's, it's 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 for someone who's super competitive. It's it's almost like it doesn't matter how competitive you are. Like, can you? bring viewers can you bring you know like there's, there's a whole part of it that's it's like it's kind of fascinating to me but it's like it'd be, it'd be hard for me to choose like i've been more successful as a podcaster than i have a uh you know competitive angler if that makes any sense mm -hmm. you know what i mean so like, like yeah, how do you yeah. look at that like what do you like when you decide this is what you want to do with your life and you're young and, and you got this chance to really go for it and like there really is no blueprint to it there's no one that says this is exactly how you got to do it this is how you're gonna be a successful angler you kind of got to figure it out on your own you know what i mean no, oh, yeah, absolutely. You definitely have to figure it. There's because there's so many different ways that guys go about it, and like you said, it is interesting now. There's more options in a way, though. It there are though it's some in some ways it's more. You know, it's still the same small pie. It's now there are more different. There are different avenues in there. There's more yeah. the piece that's cut up into different more pieces now. And I, like I said, I I 
started YouTube back when it was small. And so I saw, I knew the potential of it from watching it because I knew that I had purchased products often because I watched a guy talk about it and use it. Not just because, not just because I saw, you know, an article in Bassmaster magazine. That's not, that's it's video is just so much more compelling of a medium. Yeah. So, so when, so when I, when that started to shift in the industry, when guys, some of those first bigger fishing companies started recognizing the value of influencers, um, I certainly was on the side of like, yeah, I understand that value. Like that company should be using that way more. There are plenty of professional anglers who probably, as far as sales go for, for the support that they get, it doesn't match up for what you can do on YouTube. But, and so I think that was a good, that was a good lesson that I think probably had to be learned that, you know, for a lot of those guys who were maybe probably passive in, in, in their, in their ways, the the guys who just competitive fished and that, you you have to work for it, and that there's you have to be willing to adapt to to the, to change and not just be stuck in your ways. I mean, that's obviously that's easier for I don't know. I think that's like this typical typical stereotype of a young person to be like more adaptive to not be so stuck in your ways. So right. it's easy for me to be like, oh, of course everyone should change, but also, but I I don't know. At least for me, watching it seems like more and more that it's it's kind of balanced out a little bit. I think you see you see some of these bigger YouTubers who are now fishing tournaments as a way to create narrative and create storylines yeah. that they can use in their videos. And you see tournament guys creating YouTube channels. And it seems like, it seems to me at least like there was like a big shift where it's like suddenly guys realize, Oh my gosh, these YouTube guys are making way more impressions and selling way more product than these guys who just have our logo on their Jersey right. for the money. Like this isn't working out. And so I think it seemed like there was a lot of shift to suddenly push to influencers and then, so therefore professional English picked up their game and now it's kind of balanced out. And I think, and I think there's two niches, right? There's, there's guys who will never fish a tournament. They're never, they don't care about that at all. And there's, and then there's guys, there's a, I know from talk, you know, from being in the tournament scene, there are guys who that's what they're passionate about. That's what they care about is strategy and planning right. and how and game plans and how it comes together. And so they're, those are the guys that they're going to be more influenced by. So there's, there's a market for both. And so I think, like you said, guys like Brandon, Scott Martin, yeah. Jacob Wheeler, these guys who are doing done a really good job of doing both. That I think is obviously as of right now, that's the goal for, for me is I want to be able to, especially while I'm young is like, I don't know if I'm going to make it competitively. I want to do everything I possibly can to make it, but it's like, you, like we talked about, it's a tiny, tiny number of people that can, can make it. Yeah. And so I don't want to close off any options to other things, whether it be working in, content creation for other companies or creating my own content. I think the biggest thing is just keeping, just again, just you have to, you have to want it. You have to work for it. So, and that's something yeah. I could always do better at working every day. So got to keep, try to keep both. So I try to, I try to keep, I want to, obviously I love the part. It's easy for me to get sucked into just competing sometimes because I love it so much, but I also, it's important to, take that time to use that opportunity that you have to fish. You're not, you're fishing all the time. The content is there. You just have to put in the little, the extra effort to turn it into stories and narrative that you can make into content that's valuable to companies. Yeah. I think also has to do like also having like realistic goals. And then I think it's like some of the things when I think about fishing, competitive fishing, like I've had to like put a halt on the things that I do um, because like, you know, having realistic goals and like, you know, like how much I really want to invest in this. And um, you know, I, I, it's, you're, you're kind of different a lot of, like a lot of the other people I've talked to that got into the sport because uh, they, they weren't as young as you are when they started. You know what I mean? Like a lot of these people, like it, it's like almost like a second career to them. Like they had another career 
and, and you know, something just went right, and they're like, "Oh, I'm just gonna go be a professional angler now." Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not like kind of like where you're at, where it's like you're just like I don't know, it's just like just hit you right in a perfect spot. Uh, you know, whatever your your past just kind of lines you up with where you want to, you know, where you kind of want to go. Um, but like like but like going back, like having like those realistic goals, like um. Cause you know, you don't people don't think about like really what it takes to be like a competitive angler. Um, it's not just you know buying a boat and fishing out of it. It's it's getting from tournament to tournament, uh, making sure you can you can continuously do that. You know, like the money's got to come from somewhere. We all know that like you're probably gonna lose. Uh, you know, your turn. You know, like who knows if you're gonna win? Get a check. It, it just seems like a, like a very frustrating uh, way of life. Um, it, like it's like well, it's like things really got to be perfect to be able to like sustain it you know what i mean and like having like realistic goals and like knowing who you are as an angler and like how good you really not not how good you want to be but how good you really are yeah you yeah know, all, all these things like and having like realistic goals like really what you want out of it uh and it's just one of those sports it's like it's it's not like, like professional basketball where like you're either great or you're just not great you know what i mean it's like you're either you're either just that guy who's gonna make it to the pros you know or, or you're not like with, 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 with bass fishing it's like you can go shoot. You can go for it. You know what I mean? You can, you can really go for it. I don't know exactly how you know, far you might get, but you can, you can go for it. Um, it's just a lot of like, you know, like just a lot of the, the variables and stuff that you really got considered. Like, well, where do you sit with it right now? Like when you really think about like, the real, like, like, like having the goals, like what you, what you want to, like what you want to do, like in the short term and the long term. Um, In the short term and the long term, as far as like, that's, I mean, like you said, that's the, that's the part that's hard to know. Cause it is, there is no, there is no blueprint. I know, I know dude, it's such a scary that, sport, dude. <laughs> yeah. There's guys I've talked to who that I know some guys who the way that they're trying to do it is say, look, I'm going to learn everything I can as a co-angler and I'll try to use the success that I have there to connect me with people and then use the winnings I have right. from that to go. And then there's guys who go to do the college route and then they've, I know some people who have made a lot of connections through college fishing done well, and they hope those connections are good enough that when they decide to go for it, They'll have the financial backing and then they'll have uh, the catch, catch the right breaks. And then there's other people who say, look, it's just, it's financially, it's, it's just incredibly risky. It is like gambling to go try it. Yeah. And so unless you have an incredible support system that you need to go get, go find a job that will give you the chance to fish and learn so that when, if it falls in your favor, you can go after it, but you have to, but you're going to not, you just have to face the fact that you need to have a job to do it. So I'm not sure where I stand on that is really right now is I, I don't have a firm like set. I don't know which one I'm going for. I just know that I know where I want to go, but I I know that that's why I talk about it. For me, it's important. I want to keep my options open to, to what I can. And that's why I think a degree is nice to have. It's like, well, if all else fails, I can go get a job. I can go, and and right. hopefully these connect same connections that I hope can build sponsorships. If I need to, they can build careers that I could work in this industry that I, I still get to be a part of it. And I think, that, and you see, at least seeing in college, that's one of, is one of the cool things about college fishing is you've seen that that is actually a very very viable way to make connections in the industry that lead to careers in the industry, even if it's not competitive angling right. and then and that and then again financially when it go, coming back to that it's just that is probably at least for someone getting into it or someone who's never gotten into it or someone like me who's been in it into it for a while and watched it and gotten to know some of these guys and hear the backstories it's fine it's the most financially frustrating i think that's the worst thing about fishing it's like fishing is a magical sport and that anybody can do it you get you anyone can feel you give them all that you have to do is go to a pond with a rod and a reel and 
same and and, and you, you can have a great time and enjoy this sport and so but then but to compete it's like the financial barriers are just are just huge i mean to be like a, a like the financial cost to be a to go try to be a soccer player is okay maybe i got to pay so much for nice like you can only buy so nice of a cleats and you can only you only have so many feet but you can have endless numbers of rods and reels. You can have 400 combos and, and seven units on your boat and the newest boat and the newest truck. And in the end, sometimes the person, though there may be two guys who have similar skill sets, the person who's better financially set up will have a better shot at making it. That's just the bottom line. Yeah. And nothing against those people, nothing against the guys. Like they can obviously take every advantage you have. Like if you have family, if you have, I don't know, if you have a, uncle that passes away with a fortune he passed you like of course you're going to spend it on a boat like don't no no knock to those guys who do it that way but right. it is disappointing to see that there are other guys who don't have that but it's like man i know you have the talent you could do it yeah. it's just you don't you just it's almost just comes down to you've got to have the right break you got to get a win you've got to get make some breakthrough that gives you the chance to to make that next step and push forward and make it yeah and like i guess there's kind of like two ways that i kind of see it and like I'm not saying either either way is better than the other, but it's like there's like that one person who really like like just grinds in the beginning and just like tournament after tournament and and just they they, they stick their head down and they just go and they and eventually they're like oh shit well I made it and then there's that some person and look and the other person on the other side just as good of an angler but for whatever reason I don't know just they had good parents they put them through college got them good whatever like like the, the, the stars aligned the uncle died left them a lot of money um and then and they say no like. Well, I'm also good at fishing too, and so they go out there and they're able to like, uh, you know, to pursue dreams. It's just one of those sports where it's like, it's just so many ways to get into it. But I mean, it's it's just it's uh, you know you got it's it's either you got to be really good and grind, or you got to have like some really good luck happen to you. Um, you know, you know, whatever for like the financial part of it. I mean, that, that's that's the really that's why most of us are in kayaks because we couldn't financially afford to be in boats. And and not just being, but I can I can afford a boat. Like I said right now, I can't afford to travel the country and like fish mm-hmm. different tournaments. And I can't do that. That's just not in the wheelhouse for me. You know, it, it would take a lot of uh, a lot of winning on the little level, I guess, to get to the big levels. I mean, it, it, just so many ways to go about it. I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's boat boat stands for break out another thousand, and it's so true. So if, to anybody who's thinking about it, I think it, it just you got to know what you want. I think that that's a big thing. Like if. If you are the type of person who, when you watch these tournaments, it's like, uh, there's something in me when you, when I watch some of these tournaments, it's just like that, just like very visceral desire to, I want to be there. I want to try. And some people don't, I think maybe they think, oh, that would be cool. But it's like, I think it does show itself in how bad you, you pursue it. There is a level, which even if you don't have, you may not, now the person who has all the right resources might be a step ahead of you. If you really want it. I think that is the thing. If you work hard enough, I think you can. If you have the skills and you work hard enough and you're relentless enough, you'll certainly have a, a good chance. But it's if, if you don't want that, I think that's one of the things where – that's one of the things that I think is really cool about watching is watching the kayak scene is that guys get the chance to scratch that competitive itch, yeah, com- see new bodies of water, and go out and do what we all love, which is set the hook on a bunch of fish, and you don't have to drop thousands and thousands and thousands to do it. And so, like – that is a really cool part. So it just comes down to like, I think both, again, both have their place. Bank hangers have their place. YouTubers have their place. Competitive anglers have their place. You just have to know, you just have to know yourself, know what you want. Yeah. I think. 
But you know, but I also think like, like you're right. Like you know, like how bad do you really want it? Because I mean, you, you look at your you know kind of where your story started and where it's going. It's like you're a 16 year old kid going to, you know to one of the best anglers fishing camps. You know what I mean? Like to, to get to know him, and you already had a YouTube channel. Uh, you, you know, you're working that, and then you know, I mean, it's just like it's just, I, don't, I don't know if you ever heard of the yeah, the Serious Angler podcast. Uh, it's another it's another podcast. I, I'm good, I'm good friends with the uh, the creator over there, and it's just like he wants he wants he he has the passion. He he loves it. Doesn't, but you know, he doesn't have a boat yet, a big boat, but he has a kayak. So he's going out there and he's fishing in kayak. He's making content. He's getting better. He started a podcast. He's talking to all the best anglers in the country. They're getting, they're getting to know his name. Uh, they're asking him to come on the show, you know, and things like that. And so it's like, he's just building connections, building his skills, you know, getting his arsenal ready. And just like, you know, like why wouldn't one day, why wouldn't he get a chance to be in a boat and go fish a big tournament? I mean, he's constantly working and working towards that i mean grant like if he could buy a boat right now he'd be there but like i mean he just, i just think it's like it can be done you know it's just you know you just gotta you just gotta hustle and you can't realize you also gotta like have those realistic expectations but like you might not be in a boat now but the you know the work you put in now the relationships you create now are going to help you get to where you want to be in this sport you know absolutely i mean like yeah that's that's you work with what you got. I mean, whatever, again, whether, whether, wherever you come from, you got to work with what you got. And, and if you really want it, and again, that is, again, that's one of the nice things about it being a small industry is like, once you, if you can get into it and start to make connections, those can really, those can go surprisingly a long way, especially if you show yourself to be a hard worker and you show yourself to be the kind of person who really does want it. Because again, as all, as because we've all, a lot of us are fishermen, a lot of us have considered that dream. It's like, you know what it's like to want that. And there's a, there's a camaraderie there that can help you. And it certainly helped me in meeting, talking with people, with these people who own these companies. It's like, who also fish and know what it's like to want to do it and know where you're coming from. You know, I didn't even think about, so I'm, I'm going to apologize. because I, I, I scheduled this podcast late for me because I thought you were in California for some reason. So oh, really? <laughs> dude, I'm so sorry that I got no, over you told me you're Virginia. I'm like, dude, it's almost eleven. Or, you know, eleven o'clock. This guy's probably got class tomorrow. So nah, um, <laughs> I don't have class tomorrow. I, I schedule my. I make my schedule where I have. I try to do only Tuesday, Thursday classes, so I can okay. have days that I can go fishing. So that's okay. All right, just want to so, make sure we're good. But, uh, let's uh, you know, what, so let's talk about just you and like, like like competing and stuff. Like, what do you see for yourself? Like right now, in the next five years, like what are you really like working on and working towards? Like, and I, I like I like talking about like short term goals because whenever I think of like long-term goals, it's like, dude, I never thought I was going to be a podcaster. That wasn't like, you know, so like, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of things can happen like in these, uh, these, these short intervals of time in our lives and stuff. So like, like what do you want to do? Like where are you at right now? And like, and, and kind of like, what are you really shooting for? Like, cause it's like, I, mean, I guess bass fishing, it's a lot better than what I thought it was as far as like, there's different leagues you can get into, um, you know, different routes you can go. Do you have like a short, short one? Like where do you want to be? Like in like in like five years, as far as like just and we're we're speaking strictly competitiveness, competitively. Uh, competitively. Well, again, every season, every season for me, there's like, and that's the thing about again fishing. It's the losingest sport there is. It's hard to. There's nothing you can truly count on. Like you can right. never say, oh yeah, I will. It's it's a little bit different. Like there's it's one thing to say, oh I'm gonna put in. I'm going to put in this many days on the water this year. That's something you can control, but you can't control. Oh yeah. I'm going to win this many tournaments this year. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do, but obviously those are the things that you strive for. So for me, I would, uh, every year I'm, I'm, I've set, I have different ideas in mind of things that I would really like to pursue within the, the league that or compet, competition level that I'm at. So for me, um, I was fortunate enough fishing the BFLs here 
and I, that in the first, in my second and my third year, I won the angler of the year titles in the division. Right. And that was something I really wanted to do. But once I'd done that, it was like, okay, now I'd really like to win an individual tournament. Like I, I was a very consistent angler. I'm the guy who can go out and catch five fish. And over a year that adds up to a good, a good ranking. And the, and you know, one of the angler of the year titles low here in the local area, but that doesn't, but the, like, but winning a single tournament, catching the five biggest bass for a single day tournament, that's a lot harder. So that was something where I had to like, okay, study, change my mindset. And I was able to go out and win. So for me now, at least in the BFLs, a goal that a huge goal that I've had is I want to make the all American championship. Mm -hmm. And to do that, you have to finish in the top six at the regionals. And I've finished, I've been really close. I've finished seventh before I've had fish die before where it would have been in all, like all the horror stories like that every angler has, I've had those. So I would really like to break through and, and qualify for that. That's a, that's a nationally televised event. That's the kind of breakthrough event that if you could make it to it and win it right. could jumpstart a career like that. I think that's what you're, at least you're in the back of your mind. I think everyone's hoping for when you fish these kind of tournaments is that maybe just maybe if the stars align and I win, it jumps forward. And you look at a lot of guys, at least for me, when I look at a lot of guys' careers, especially the young guys, the guys who got that start early, usually almost or almost always had at least one break. They had one bigger break. They won one tournament that gave them a little bit of a financial jump. They got a little, a little bit of notoriety, something that pushed them forward. Now, can you work at it for years and eventually come in? Yeah, there's the, that story's there too. And I think that's what's that's cool is that that's what's cool is that, yeah, you can come in at, at, at 38 and be like, yeah, I've worked a job and I've raised a family and now they're graduated and I'm at a place in my career where I can go do it. <laughs> I can right, actually right. try and not have to, and that's cool too. But for the young guys who really want it, that is, you know, I think that is one of the things that I don't want to, I don't want to spoil the opportunity of being young and having the opportunity of like, I have been striving after this, this goal to be a professional angler for, for, you know, majority of, of my life and where for some guys it's, it's a kind of a 50, 50 thing for me, it's like, Oh, well, this is my track. And so I think that is why you see a lot of younger anglers now better than ever before is because one technology and resources, we can all go watch a right. professional angler explain in the boat, how they're throwing this bait. There's no secrets anymore with live coverage. And there's so many, so many people, everything's so open. You can learn so much, so much faster. And because of that, and, and with things like college fishing, there's resources. So now, we can, there's got, you see these guys, these Jordan, the Jordan Lees, the Jacob Wheelers, the Brandon Polonics. It's like, it's like they're bred to bass fish. It's like right, they're right, created right. in a lab to like catch yeah. bass. And then you, and they come out so young and they say, wow, they're so good for so young. It's like, well, they have the experience of the same guys who used to, you know, work a job and then raise a family and then come right, in and you say, right. and at that point they've built up the experience. Like, well, they, they're fast tracking it. So yeah. I'd like to, if I, while I'm, while I am young and have the opportunity to do that, I want to take advantage of that. And so and then, so that's why college fishing is a big deal. And that's another goal of mine is in the short term. Cause I'd love to, if I could qualify for the, the Bassmaster has a great series of college fishing. They really promote it very well. And that's a Bassmaster in particular has done a great job of promoting college angling to companies and builds a lot of connections. So I'd love to, I'd love to make, they have a bracket championship, which is they take the top four anglers, from the national championship and they go head to head and it's all, all live on the, on their website and it ends up being televised and the winner of that gets to go to the classic they get a wrap truck and boat and they get your entry fees paid to the opens so as a college angler that's my college goal is i want to get there to get to that and that would be again a jump start of 
it essentially that 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 opportunity is huge because it's practically a golden ticket from Bassmaster. Hey, here's a year. Go be go try to be a pro for a year because you get to compete in the world's biggest tournament. You get to represent a bunch of companies through college fishing and you get a rap truck and boat and they promote the heck out of you. <laughs> I mean, like, so it's like, here you go, here's your chance. And so that would be a, that's a short-term goal. Now, if those don't happen, you know, I've been trying to, I've been lucky enough to win a few tournaments here to have some good finishes where I'm able to, with the help of, you know, with my parents helping me out, filling me in on the small end, I can save some of the money that I win. And so that I'm the, that money that I'm saving, I'm hoping to one day put into fishing the next when I graduate, going and tr- attempting to compete at a higher level, whether that be the MLF Toyota Series or the Bassmaster Opens. So that from whether whatever happens from there, we'll see. Um, I'm going to try to keep building connections and keep working here within the industry to give me opportunities. But as a competitor, those are the short term goals. Is I want to make these national, I want to make these big time championships that will give me an opportunity to hopefully fast track uh, an opportunity to be a professional angler. And if not, then I'll continue on the normal route, which is fishing. Just again, working my way up the ladder with start, whether it be how I started, you know, I started on the bank, worked my way up to a boat, started at the local as a co-angler. I want to work my way up to the pros. So that's the next step on the ladder is fishing the semi-pro events being the Toyota series and the opens. All right. So obviously you want to do this for a living, but what's like the, um, what would be like the, like the main driving force? Like, is it is it the is it the big trophy, or is it or is it the ability to do what you love every day for the rest of your life? Because that's because I, mean, I look at some of these guys who are who are happy, like they're just happy with because like, hey, I get to fish every day for a living, uh, and that's that's a you know, and then there's some guys who just they're so goddamn competitive that like not you know what I mean that, that like not having that trophy like like keeps them up at night or whatever and they gotta go see counselors and it's just like yeah but at the same time dude like you're fishing for a living you're well known like you are mm-hmm. you are a professional angler you're like what, what, what is it what is that to you like that's that's a really hard one again i we would probably it, we want it we want it all but it's like is it one of those yeah, things yeah. like you know is it like i mean like, like it's what's what's more important like to be financially secured and doing what you love or just being just competitive crazy and, and and living for that trophy, you know what I mean? I've probably, I've see, I've thought about this. Like, it's like, well, if I made it, could I? Would I live happily if I made it as a like, like, hey, you scraped your way onto the tour, and you're just one of the guys who just scrapes it, you know, scrapes it together year to year. You're just, just cutting it by. If I was never truly competitive at it, would I be happy? And on some level, obviously, again, I, I think that's one of the when I get out there. And I feel that bite and I set the hook. And when you, when the, when the piece of the puzzle click together and you figure it out, you realize what fish are doing and you, you feel like for a second that you actually, you know, you have this magical sense of, I can call my shots when it comes to fish. And you say, I'm going to get a bite on that log because they're on, they're on baiting this bait with the wind and everything. When that all comes together, it's the most magical feeling. And that does, and that happens to me, whether I'm in a tournament or I'm not, but when it happens in a tournament, it's like what this level of excitement is suddenly it's here because to me, because I am so competitive. So I think for me, like when I go out and fish in these local tournaments, my drive is to, is not just to catch fish. I want to win. I mean, I do want to (laughs) win. Like I, I, I I want the trophy. I want to, I just want to be able to say, that I figured it out better than anybody else. Um, 
Now that doesn't mean that I wish bad on anybody. It's, it's, it's that I wish it's just, I want to be better. And so uh, for me, the, the drive would be to, to, to win tournaments, but I got to get there. I got to get there first. So, and if, so if I can't get there, then obviously I won't have the shot to do that. So, and that's, I think that is what, what drives me really well is that, and that's one of the things about bad finishes that can be so good, at least for me, is that even when you have a bad finish, I think if for me, sometimes there's a fine line in being too passive about it and being too hard on yourself. Like you can say, Oh, all I want to do is win. And if I, anything other than first place is failure, well, we, we've already established this is the losingest sport there is. You're going to be totally depressed. <laughs> you're going to be miserable. You're never going to be happy. But also if you just say, well, it doesn't matter. Then you're not, you're not going to have a drive to right. when you mess up. No, I'm going to put in more work. I'm going to put in more time. I'm going to study. What did I do wrong? I'm going to be willing to put myself out there and say, ask guys, hey, what did you guys and learn? Be, be humble yourself enough to say, okay, I sucked. Let me ask the guys who were catching them, how did you do it so that next time, next time I'll be better prepared? And hopefully the next tournament you have a, you can turn all that into success. All right, so uh, one more question, and then we'll wrap this thing up. So just because just you're so young and, and you're in this beginning, you're in this part where you're at, and just in case like anyone else is thinking about doing this and, and pursuing this, like what do you do now on a daily basis? Like, like I mean, obviously you got school, but like just just the stuff that's that you're trying to do to make you successful in this sport and this industry. Like, what are you doing now since you're a college kid and you know you're also a competitor? Like, what, what are the things you're doing now? Uh, you know, besides the studying, besides the homework, you know, and things like that for like, you know, Pacific tournaments, but just like the, the other part of it, like, what are you doing now to help make yourself successful? Um, taking advantage of, of all the different resources, but then again, it's about how you apply those. So you can watch all the videos you want. And I think this is something I've learned because people, you hear this said all the time by other people's, it doesn't matter how much you, you watch and learn, you've got to be on the water. And I'm, you know, from the generation where I get to, I get to soak in more and for more quality information than, than these guys who are saying that ever got to. So right. they, so, so to an extent there is some there, I know I've seen the benefit firsthand in, in my experience on the water that, yeah, I've the information I'm getting now is better than the information you got, but still it doesn't, when it comes to competition, nothing translate. It, it's still true. Nothing translate like experience. You know, I think the saying is you have to get 10,000 hours of something to be an expert. Yeah. And so it's putting for me, it's about, again, like I said, I, I manage my class schedule in a way that I can be on the lake as much as possible because, but also while I'm also every day trying to make sure that I one watch these tournaments, take notes on guys on how they catch them. I have to go out and try it. Cause you're not going to have, again, Fishing is an well. Fishing is an incredibly mental sport. It's all it's in between the ears. So much of it is, and so much of that is so so much of that is confidence. And you can watch someone catch something on a certain bait all day, but until you go out and do it yourself and understand then and understand the why by doing it and seeing success in your own context of your lakes, you're not going to have the true confidence to be able to do that well and be able to apply that in tournaments. So for me. It's said it's a cliche. I hate to say it because it's said all the time, but it's just it's for me. It's about how often can I get out there and try it. Now that means for me also being it's also important to take advantage of this of the technology and the opportunity to learn that you have. But then you have to go out and apply it. Apply it. So 
just because I go to the lake all the time, I try not to go out. To, I don't go to the same lake to the same section and throw the same bait where I always catch him. I try to go to a different section, throw different baits and try to do something new, try to take every opportunity as a day to learn and be intentional about my time out there. And then, and from there, hopefully you go, grow and learn as an angler and just become better. Cause they'll, again, it's a process of constantly trying to become better. And then through that comp, the better you get at it, get at it, the more satisfying it is and the more fish you catch. So hopefully it all, again, it's more fun. So it all kind of bounces off each other. So for me, it's about being out about there as much as possible and being intentional about trying to learn as much as I can every day that I'm out there. Cool, man. Well, Jack, I appreciate your time. I know you're a college kid. Didn't go to college, but I hear it's really busy. Um, but, uh, dude, like, is, there anyone, is there anyone you want to thank uh, that makes fishing easier for you? Is your time to put in a plug where people can follow you as well? Uh, this is just your moment to put, you know, put it out there. Um, well, I've had – obviously, family and friends have been very supportive of me competitive fishing, um, and I'm obviously very, very grateful for that. I'm also incredibly grateful for the companies, people like Travis, who have believed in me here at Sticks Fishing, he's a sponsor of you. And it's a, the product is something that I'm very happy to, I'm happy to be a part of a company that has product that I believe in. I think that's a, that's a huge part of it is like, you can't promote something truly if you don't enjoy it and use it. And so the concept of only having, only having what you need, simplifying it where you can in an industry that can be so complex at times as if you need all this. And when I've, my experience is from being on the water a bunch is you don't. So I'm very thankful. So obviously shout out to sticks fishing and, uh, and Yamamoto, Gary Yamamoto. I mean, that is a company I've been very blessed to work with. I mean, they make the most bass catching lure of all time. So I'm very thankful to work with them. And, and then again, if you guys want to follow me, follow me at obsessed fishing, it's all obsessed fishing. One word, no spaces on Instagram, Facebook, and then you can find me on YouTube. So those are the, those are the three main places I really put in a lot of content. And if you want to follow around what I'm doing, watch a kid go around and try to catch bass in tournaments. I'm I'm be glad to show you what I'm doing. All right, man. Well, Jack, I appreciate it, man. Uh, good luck with the rest of the season. Uh, we'll also be in touch. You know, we we, we have mutual friends and you know, companies and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, dude, keep crushing it, man. I really appreciate your time. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. I really really appreciate it. Love to getting to know a fish head like you. And uh, yeah, see you down the road. Hopefully. All right, brother. Take it easy. All right, you too.